I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sales Team Rescue, episode number 124. I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today I have a special guest with me. John Hoskins founded Level 5 Selling in June of 2016, a sales management consultancy focused on developing frontline sales leaders as masterful coaches of their sales team. John began his career as an account executive with Xerox Learning Systems and has held a variety of sales leadership roles and ultimately became director of U.S. sales operations. Next, John joined Omega Performance, a bank consulting firm as EVP Sales and Marketing, and in 1990, together with two partners, he co-founded Advantage Performance Group and The Real Learning Company, which grew to a national network serving over 300 clients. Stockholm-based BTS Group AB acquired this business in September of 2006. And so today, John continues to support the sales and marketing efforts of Level 5's partner network, doing research and developing new intellectual property. John, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate your inviting me to, to participate today and get to know you better. Absolutely. So um, I want to dive right in, guys. For those of you that want to be a guest on Sales Team Rescue, I um, am happy to accept bribes. And John bribed me by sending a copy of his book to me. It wasn't really a bribe. Uh, <laughs> it just made my research easier. So thank you very much, John. And I got to tell you, I was extremely impressed. So I, there's lots of great sales content out there, um, but I think the best way to describe the book, and I'll hold it up again, um, it's called Level 5 Coaching System, How Sales Leaders Are Developing Preeminent Sales Teams. And on the back of the book, so I'm always curious to see who gets pulled into the mix to give feedback, and I want to see what names I recognize. And the top one at the back of this book is Tom Hopkins. Now, back in the day, um, I think in the day, in this case, 2001, I believe I went through a Tom Hopkins training. And it's interesting because your name actually is very similar to his. I thought, oh, all right, John Hoskins, Tom Hopkins. Um, you know, Maybe you guys are just, you know, meant to, to be in this industry together. But what he says on the back of this book is he says selling is both an art and a science level five selling puts much of the science aspect of selling into layman's terms providing a clear understanding of how to sell well and i couldn't have said it better myself which is why i didn't <laughs> we'll, leave it, we'll leave it to tom to say but t tell us about how this came to be i know a little bit of your backstory because I've, I've been through the book but Give the audience a little bit more other than the, you know, the basic intro that we gave. How did you get here? How did you become this guy who is essentially changing the world with, I'm going to call it a simplified sales system and simplified in the best ways. I don't like complexity. I'm a Jim Rohn fan. I keep it simple. And, and this feels like you were able to include a lot of information in this book, but without it feeling heavy. 
Like it was easy to consume. So how did you go from that career that we just kind of talked about in the intro to creating this? I want to call it a movement. <laughs> well, that'd be great. I'll, I'll, I'll take that and, and uh, appreciate it. I'm flattered with your uh, response because I know that you, you have read a lot of sales books. You've written your own sales book and you've been in sales and sales leadership a long time. So that's, that's uh, great credibility. So having spent 40 years in the sales consulting world, you know, starting with Xerox Learning Systems, actually in Toronto, Don Mills, you know, I carried the bag and, and called on um, sales leaders and sales trainers. And um, my wife is Canadian. I met my wife in Toronto and uh, we had a home, a summer home. We live in Scottsdale. We had a summer home in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia and West Van and Dunder Ave. And it was summer of 16. And I, you know, said to my wife, you know, I think I'm going to write a book. And she said, oh, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. So I started scribbling things down and um, got it done. Used a, um, you know, a, a, a writing coach. And that's, by the way, that's how Tom Hopkins got involved. Because fortunately, the writing coach I found was Tom Hopkins writing coach. Ooh. So that was a real big win. And um, wow. long story short is uh, I had no idea uh, that this was going to turn into what it is today. Um, so phone started ringing, emails came in, people said, I love this model of how you suggest people should sell. How can I get my sales force to sell like that? And of course my first response was, Oh gosh, I'll build a sales training program. And about a day later I said, don't do that. Don't do that. You've done that for 40 years. You've seen the two-day PSS and the three-day Miller-Hyman strategic selling and the spin selling and all the others. And you know what happens after the two days? Well, 30 days later, people pretty much forget everything that they were told and go back to their old habits. And I said, you know, the way you really want to develop an, an outstanding salesperson and team is through coaching. And that frontline sales leader, I learned more from my frontline sales leaders at Xerox than I ever did by going through training programs. And I was selling the training programs. <laughs> In some respects, you know, I may be guilty of malpractice for 40 years, but that epiphany led me to say, write a system, put together a system that will help sales leaders sustain over time development of salespeople. And it's a simple concept, you know, rather than an event, it's a system, rather than a two-day thing, it's an ongoing thing. It's just like, if I want to learn how to play golf and I go take a lesson for an hour and I never practice and I never do anything else, but, and I never go to the range, all I do is go out and play. I don't get any better. In fact, I might even get worse. But if I, if I do all those things that professionals do in all other professions, I'm, I'm going to get better. So, well, and that's, that's a story. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I, what I love about this system is that you say like straight up, you know, if you've worked with other, other, you know, selling systems, other programs, whatever, spin selling, um, you know, in my part of the woods, Sandler sales is, is, is a big deal. Um, but no matter what structure you have, the level five selling level five coaching system works because exactly. It's not a training. It's a system that essentially, you, you set on top of what you're already doing and it just makes you that much better. And for me, that that's what intrigues me the most. Cause for me, I, I'm a sales coach at heart. 
I tried to put this, the label of sales trainer on myself and I really struggle because I like to be in the moment trying to figure out what, what a certain person wants, not try to assume what an entire industry wants. And so that's why I found that mm. I love coaching because I can be in the moment in this and to help right there and then, but I've always struggled with developing a quote unquote training. So I, I love that about this. Oh, I've got some background dogs. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, so with the system, so who was this designed for when you, when, when you put all this together, um, as a, you know, as a structure, as a book, who was the ideal audience at the time when this started? Well, frontline sales leaders, obviously the leaders of those leaders and our, our um, main contact is chief revenue officer, because in order to get a system that's sustainable, you need air cover from that senior sales leader to hold the managers accountable and responsible for coaching. Uh, in our research, what we found is that most sales leaders would like to be able to coach more, but they are the manager in the middle and they get distracted. It's like ADHD. You know, they're, they're on the new product launch team. They're going to be part of the team that's hosting the national sales meeting. There's a new compensation uh, project underway and they've been pulled into that initiative. And lo and behold, the you know, finance departments called them and they want to come up with a new billing system. And they, they have all these people pulling them in all different directions. So what we try to do is make job one coaching <laughs> and all the other stuff is, is ancillary. And sometimes what we have to do is have that senior sales leader come down and, and say, uh, look, you, I, I'm going to remove these things from your responsibility because I want you focused on three critical things, recruiting and retention of existing people and new people. I want you training people and I want you out coaching people. And we talk about coaching in three domains. So there's coaching call quality. That is the most important thing because sales calls lead to opportunities and opportunities go into the pipeline. And when you look at forecast accuracy, it's like Six Sigma, it's garbage in, garbage out. And so, you got these things in your pipeline that have been there for three months and you're wondering why they're not closing. Well, if you go back to the call quality, you're probably going to find the problem there. So there's coaching call quality. There's coaching account strategy and sales methodology. Now you've got an existing opportunity in the pipeline. You need to move that through the buying decision with your customer and advance the sale. And that's a coaching opportunity. And then the final one is kind of interesting to us. We found that a lot of people spend a lot of time doing this um, inadvertently, maybe. And we call it universal coaching. And universal coaching is, you know, Jeremy's 120% of plan, but the back shop just called and they say he's toxic and they don't want to work with him. Well, now I, as Jeremy's manager, I have to have a coaching conversation. What does that sound like, right? And somebody said something to me the other day, Jeremy, that I really found um, insightful. And, I, you know, you're always learning. He said, you know, everybody talks about coaching as something like it's something you do to someone. It's not something you do to someone. It's something you do with someone in a collaborative way. And you pass along your expertise through the questions you ask, not through telling people what to do. 
So, and I want I want to I want to touch on that because that was a huge aha moment for me. So I've lived in this like I've been in sales for I don't know man I say almost thirty years now I guess, um, but I've always considered myself a strategist, um, and sometimes a coach. I guess like I I think between training and coaching I fall more in the coaching, but I I've for years considered myself a strategist because I just like to tell people this is what you need to do. Go do it. And I had, a, and I, I'm embarrassed to say on my show right here that it wasn't until I went through your book that I had the epiphany that even though it might be easier for me to just tell somebody what to do, that doesn't train their thinking. It only trains their immediate behavior. And that was like such a light bulb moment for me. Cause sure. I can go tell people what to do, but it's the same, you know, teach a man how to fish, right? Like the, the big, I think the biggest challenge in all of sales and coaching and training and in everything is how do you teach somebody how to think? Because that's the problem solving. That's as you put it, the level five, how do you get in there and be such a huge asset to a company and I'm going to paraphrase your description of the level five, but how do you make yourself such an asset to a company that you go in and from day one, you're adding value. And as you build that relationship, you become such an important asset that even if your contact person leaves or moves on, or there's some kind of transition, you're so valuable that even if somebody comes in and does the quote unquote clean sweep as they take over the department, the core company won't let you go because you bring too much value. Yeah. And that's, I, I've just never thought of it that way. Like I would like to think that I've been that level five in some instances, but definitely not all the time. In fact, when you were describing level one in the book, I went, you know, I've been that guy. Oh, you know, cause I have been, um, and I don't want to, you know, give everything that's in the book. Cause I want our listeners and viewers to go and read it. Um, because it's just phenomenal. And I want to challenge everybody to, to go through it and identify where you're at. And the question, you know, you ask in the book is how many of your calls or how often are you at a level one versus a level two, level three, level four. And how often do you really get to a level five, that level five being that upper echelon that makes you, I don't I want to say unstoppable, but I don't want to put word, my words into the, the description of your, your structure here. Um, but I do have a question about it. So do you find that when someone gets to a level five, they own that identity becomes part of their identity and they're and they're consistent? Or do you find that most people truly fluctuate based on their emotional, what I call emotional discretion, which is a fancy way to say how they're feeling that day? Well, being a level five sales representative and making a level five sales call are kind of two things that you can aspire to the having a level five account um, often comes into conversations that we have because mm -hmm. there are certain relationships or accounts that want that kind of relationship mm -hmm. where you know they might call you if you were proximate to the account and say we have a meeting this afternoon jeremy could you come down and spend an hour with us we're, we're wrestling with something about this new product launch and you know you're you're considered a trusted advisor someone that they want to have in that meeting and frankly uh, you know neil rackham once said that you know, you know 
a salesperson who makes a quality call, if you went and interviewed the buyer afterwards, the buyer would say, I would have paid for that call. That was so good. I would have paid to have that person there. So you can think of level five as executing a level five call, being a level five sales representative, which we call the value creator, and having a, re a level five relationship with an account. And by the way, in a call, what you'll see if you go out and observe calls, which I've, I've always loved, I'm a behavior observation, maybe a voyeur or something of salespeople, but yeah. um, the, the, the thing you see is that calls go up and down the, that those, the, you can start a call out at a professional visitor level, move right into being a technical teller because you start to spray and pray when the guy says, I don't have a lot of time. And then how do you navigate yourself to level five? And maybe they bring you all the way back down because 67% of the time a buyer is going to ask about price on a call. They're going to move you right to level two, the price peddler. And so you need to know how to navigate out of that. And as a frontline sales leader, if you're observing those things, you need to know how to help that person move dynamically through that, those levels. Does that make sense? Totally, totally, oh. and and I think he did such a great job in the book as well, get like describing a character that that links to each level, um, because yeah, I I can't stand the price peddler. When I get, I'd rather be selling the highest price item in a market than trying to battle for the you know fastest path to zero, right? Um, yeah. So, but but there's been times like I've been at every single one of the levels at some point in time. And I wish I lived at a level five. I can't say that I do consistently, but when I'm on, normally when somebody's watching, I'm a level five and that's what I found. Okay. Um, and that's actually why I love the coaching is because there, I, I find that people react in two different ways when you're coaching one, they go, Oh no. And they act paranoid and get weird and they don't perform their best. Or you've got someone who is like, likes the spotlight and they're like, Hey, watch this. And I become the watch this guy when somebody's watching me. And so that gets me to perform at a level five. Um, for me, it's training and discipline to, to get myself to be there without somebody watching me. So well, that's cool because, you know, having post call debriefed many calls, thousands of calls in 40 years. And, uh, a lot of times you know, we advocate that the first thing you do in that post call debriefing is have the sales rep af after you provide some positive reinforcement of things you saw, so you anchor those in, you have the sales rep analyze the call. And a lot of reps will start out by just beating themselves up. Oh gosh, you know, that, that didn't go the way I wanted to. You know, when you're watching me, it's just not the same Jeremy when you're there. But I was there with that doctor by myself. It would have been a whole different conversation. You know, and you have to sort of say, well, look, let's start with the merits here. What, what is it that you did that you really thought you did well? Let's talk about strengths. And, and see if we can get those brought into play intentionally on all calls. And it, it, that to me is, is sort of an interesting thing when you say you like to be in the spotlight, you like to be watched and then you shine. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little bit of ego, I think drives that, but I think that's the one of the few <laughs> cases when the ego can help. Um, so, great. so I want to give a clear plug for the book. I know we've been talking about the book the whole time. Um, but well, for those you. of you watching and listening, uh, we want you to go to level5selling.com. That's five spelled F-I-V-E, not the number five, level5selling.com. Um, what what else can you tell the audience? Like, I, I want 
everybody that's listening and watching to this to go buy the book. Um, are there any other resources that you've got on the website or um, like I see you've got like download an overview when it talks about the, the selling model? Yeah. So, you know, th this is the book you're referring to. Yeah. Um, I actually had wrote this book first and th this is the one that is for salespeople. Mm, okay. So then um, the coaching system came next and then clients came and said, you know, tell us more about coaching universal uh, challenges, right? And this is the level five sales leader. And this one just came out. This is level five coaching system or coaching communication skills. Gotcha. All four gotcha. are on Amazon. Beautiful. All right. Cool. Then I, yeah. I, so, I, I will be picking up the other ones then because. Well, uh, I'll send them to you. I'm going to send them to you. No, okay. no worries. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, we get out. You're, you're me. well, you'll you'll uh, you'll you'll see them in my in my background here uh, in, in future videos. Then perfect. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's just so valuable. So guys, go pick up the books. Whatever one's most appropriate to you. Um, I I listened to the Level Five Coaching System in Audible, and then another chapter in the physical book here for the Coaching Systems. Um, it's phenomenal stuff, and. Even if you are convinced that your sales is 100% bang on, one, you're delusional. Stop that. Because <laughs> um, you can always get better. Uh, but whether you think you're rocking it or you think you've got a long way to go, I challenge you to pick up the books and just take a read through and simply understanding the difference. The way that John has outlined these five styles or approaches or avatars or as you mentioned, it could be the person, could be the, the client. Um, just understanding the difference makes all the difference in the world from how you can grade yourself. You don't need to be perfect. But one, you'll feel really good when you realize you're level four or level five. And if you're living at level one, it, it gives you permission to, to change, to shift, to grow, to get better. Um, so for me, that's, that's what I really love, but I'll, I mean, I already mentioned the simplicity, but it was great. Um, and it's not, it's like, and I like the simple, like it's not an overly thick book. You don't need three days to go through this thing. Um, the, the level five selling system, I went for a, a drive last night and put, you know, downloaded the audible version and it was, I don't know, two hours on the audiobook. So like e very easily consumed, but just this aha moment, like, and I mentioned this John to you before we hit record, but I want to share with the audience. I was, I found myself talking about the book today with a client and I was just using the words that John used to describe his level five sales professional and the excitement that came over my client's face and his all and it, like everything. He just got so pumped up. He's like, this is what I've been trying to tell people. Oh my God. And he got very excited um, because when you, he, he, he does level five selling and he tries to train that in people, but he is also the person that says, you know, just do this and do this. And he's never been able, in my experience with him anyway, been able to properly describe that role, um, to the level that it deserves. And so when I said that that level five person is someone that, you know, you bring in as outside counsel and they're so valuable to you that even when there's change in um, in roles within the company, you can't get rid of the salesperson. It's not based on one contact they have. It's based on the value created that they're creating 
um, in the company and he just, he lit up. So like, this is, this is legitimate. Um, I don't know how much more I can say about it. I feel like I'm just fanboying over here, but this is what happens when somebody sends me a book guys. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it's great. So, um, you can get that on Amazon. You can get that at level five selling.com. I'm guessing, hang on, let me bring that back up. There we go. Um, so I want to jump in now to the lightning round. And so I'm going to hit you with four quick questions and we're going to see how creative, how creative the answers that we get. Um, so let's begin the lightning round. All right. Question number one. We all know that coffee is for closers. What is your favorite coffee or comparable drink? So I, unfortunately, I've been drinking Diet Pepsi since I was a kid. Um, I can do six cans a day. Um, yeah. You know, I'm sure doctors would tell you I'm not nuts. But um, <laughs> I remember, you know, when I met my wife in Toronto, uh, I had an apartment on Davisville. And she opened the fridge one time and she looked and she said, what is this? And I had like <laughs> 24 cans of Diet Pepsi and that was it in the fridge. You know, so I still do that. Um I, I've converted to uh, a protein shake in the morning, but soon thereafter, in my Yeti cup, there will be Diet Pepsi. I, I feel like I should get Yeti to sponsor an episode because this is, <laughs> I, I got a Yeti cup with my wife's uh, cricketed logo on it here, but yeah, oh. these, these Yetis are amazing. Like it's actually changed how I drink coffee. I used to go through eight cups a day and and it's just black coffee. But now with the Yeti, it's like three Yetis full, but it stays warm. So I don't feel like I'm, you know, you get that last sip of a cold coffee and you're just disappointed yeah, with life. You know? <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like if your diet, if your diet Pepsi is warm, right? You're like, Ugh, okay, well, let's get something fresh. No, yeah. No. Um, okay. We're getting off track here. Um, excellent. So question number two of the lightning round is what's one book or movie you'd recommend to a sales professional or sales leader other than the levels level five selling. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, well, one book that's one movie that stands out to me. I, I grew up in the magazine subscription sales business. I started selling door to door when I was 11. Wow. So I've knocked on a lot of doors Then I moved into instant sales in the phone room. And um, there's a movie called Tin Man. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I haven't but, you know, heard of it. it uh, is it, it's about aluminum siding. Um, tin salespeople, aluminum siding salespeople. And you, you see all the bad things that give sales a, a bad reputation. So that's one that I think it, it's it's very funny. Um, I'm trying to, I think Danny DeVito's in it. And he's, okay. he is just unbelievable. And then, of course, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, right. that's always been closing, right? Yeah. Right. What do you it. say? Leads are for losers or something? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that was second prize. Second prize is a set of steak knives, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually took my sales team at Xerox one time to uh, Broadway to see it live on Broadway. Really? Nice. Yeah. It was a cool trip we did. See, well, I, the way you're describing Tin Man is how I think about Boiler Room, if you've ever seen that. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Oh, I lived in Boiler Room. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, exactly. It's like, this, yeah. this is going to show you all the bad things. But there's actually some really good core lessons that you can learn from it if you ignore the fact that they're being really scammy. You know, smile and die. 
That's right. That's right. Exactly. Um, awesome. Now, John, who is someone that you would consider to be a mentor in your life? Well, I have two older brothers, one who passed away recently, not from COVID, but from just old age. And, and my brothers have always been mentors to me. Um, but I've had great business partners. Uh, the partners I had at Real Learning and Advantage were fantastic uh, partners. My current partners, fantastic. I mean, I've just been fortunate in picking the right partners in life. And I, even my wife, I mean, we've been together for 50 years. So, wow. Picking the right partners. I mean, I, I love to, you know, have somebody you can bounce stuff off of. Do you have any tips? Because I'll be honest, I didn't even find my wife until I was 38. So oh. it took me a while. Um, and so what, what tips do you have for, for like business you're, partners, for example? You're, you're not going to like this answer, but I hired my wife <laughs> when I was in Toronto. <laughs> so that's how we met. Um, I've been there. You know <laughs> You know, quite frankly, I think it, it really comes down to values. Um, you find somebody who shares the same values you do, and that cuts through a lot of need for policies and all, all sorts of other things. I mean, our values here at Level 5, the first one is golden rule. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated, you know. Um, second one is abundant thinking. Like, there's plenty of everything for everybody. Like, you know, be prepared to share with others. And the third one is grow. If you don't grow, if you're not learning every day, I'm 71 and I'm still learning. I learned that thing about coaching the other day from a colleague and I just thought that was golden. It's not something you do to someone. It's something you do with someone. It's collaborative. Mm. And that's where the coaching communication skills uh, book comes in because you need those communication skills to manage the agenda of a coaching call. I love it. I love it. So last question in the lightning round, what is the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to keep you on your game? I should say to keep you at level five. <laughs> yeah, I'm a level five. Strange. Uh, gosh, these are tough. Um, I, I'm a big rehearser. Okay. So if I, if I have a, a sale, I, I join our, we have 25, channel partners, sales partners around the globe that remarket our services. And um, uh, if, if I'm called into a call, I, I'm a big pre-call planner, rehearser guy. Like I'm over prepared <laughs> for a call because you just never know, you know, where things are going to go. So. so, so walk me through that. I don't know I, if it's strange. Well, but. yeah, I mean, if, to someone who's not you know not pre-call planning and not preparing it probably seems strange but i think it should be the standard so so like walk us through what some of that looks like because i know you talked a lot about the like one of the examples you give in the book with level five is you know you you jump on the call and you can actually reference their their last quarter's earning call for example because you've listened to it um which that point in and of itself was like, you know, my mind was blown because I have never thought to do that. Like that point alone will probably make me an extra quarter million dollars in my career or more um, just for that one point. So, so tell us like in, so, in real life for you, what is, what does pre-call planning look like for you? 
Well, we have a discipline. If, if someone asks me to join them on the call, I say, well, I need our pre-call plan. Fill out a pre-call plan and we're going to re review it. And then we're going to have a pre-call briefing where we're going to go over that plan and we're going to decide on, you know, the roles and signals we're going to anticipate. Well, first of all, we, we have a, a, a call opening model, which we call BOAT, B-O-A-T. So it's what's the background here? How do we get here today? Here are my objectives for the call today. Do you have any alternative objectives, A, that you would like to accomplish from this call? And I understand we have about an hour. Is that correct? And, and you know, you just you nail that real quick. And I think people appreciate it because they think, wow, this person's prepared. They've thought through what it is they want to do. They ask me what I want to do. And they've confirmed the amount of time we're going to take. Um, then we go into the questions we want to ask. That's the key. Planning the questions you want to ask, anticipating the questions the client might ask and what your answers will be, um, making sure that you are clear about the points you want to make based on your pre-call research. And you, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, public companies all have 10Ks. And in 10Ks, there's a page called risk factors. And if you read the risk factors and you understand those and you mention them, you are moving toward level five very quickly. Because that is what everybody in the organization is is doing in order to mitigate the risk. I love that. That's great. Yeah. So, yeah, we're disciplined about, I mean, we eat our own cooking. Mm -hmm. um, you have to, uh, you know, you're disingenuous if you don't. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's phenomenal. Um, wow. That, I, I think that the the level I'm I'm just so impressed with the the level five I'm like it's it just it just brings so many things in that I hadn't considered guys like if 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 you're watching this you're listening to this listening to this um go go get the book go read the book it won't take you long but like I said there was one point in here that'll easily make me a quarter million dollars more in my career going forward because of that one point and it's probably going to be more than that. Because when you're when you're listening to quarterly earnings calls or you know digging into a company's risk factors, you're you're playing at a different level. And so the things that you're selling them, depending on your products and services, are probably gonna be a much significant, much more significant sale. Um, so the revenue you generate is gonna be a lot more. And you know, I've seen teams that they they play the volume game. Let's get as many emails out or calls out as you can, but they don't give it any attention. And then there's the other side where nobody wants to send an email or make a call until they've done all the research. So it's, it's a balance. Um, so what I've told my team, one of my teams, uh, just since this morning after finishing the books, I said, look, you do your outreach. That's great. But the second you get agreement for a meeting, you're going to go level five. I need, I need you to do the research. I need you to know the company as good or better than the person you're meeting with, because that's the only way we're going to add value. So this is going to sound a little melodramatic, but I think you changed my life, John. Level five. <laughs> it's a game changer. Well, you're you're a great sales guy, and I'm really flattered because um, I can tell you you've been in the in the business a long time and have seen a lot of things. So I really appreciate your your feedback and um, yeah, take it to heart. Yeah, no, this this is fantastic. So thank you so much for being here. We actually went longer than a normal episode because I'm just I'm I'm totally fanboying, but I'm not even ashamed of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, this is, it's been phenomenal. So John, thank you so much. 
Um, again, find John and his book and his books, uh, plural, and assist them at level5selling.com. You can buy the books there or buy them on Amazon, um, but they're all there with links. You've got some resources. Just check it out. And is there anything else that you want to make sure we share with the audience, John? Well, I mean, uh, happy to talk to anybody free, uh, John at Level 5 Selling, and, and tell you more about what we do. Um, we're always looking for new uh, reseller partners. So if there are people that are, you know, former VPs of sales who've run sales organizations themselves and mm -hmm. they have their own private practice and want to represent the Level 5 coaching system, we're happy to chat about that as well. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Always be recruiting. That's right. Always be recruiting. I love it. I love it. Excellent. Well, John, thank you so much for, for joining us on Sales Team Rescue. Uh, greatly appreciate your time and your amazing experience and knowledge and the system and just phenomenal. Um, and Thanks, Jeremy. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, those of you watching, um, do me a favor. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a rating, give us some feedback. Um, I love five stars, but I like the truth. And luckily to date, those have been the same thing. But I also want to make sure that I know what each and every one of you want to hear. If you're watching this on YouTube or live on Facebook, give that a like. If it's YouTube, give that a subscribe and share this episode. Who needs to hear about the level five selling system and the level five coaching system? Who needs to level up their game? If you share this episode and a friend of yours gets the book, reads it, and then goes and closes a quarter million dollar deal because of the impact the book has had, they're going to thank you. So share. Sharing is caring, especially about your friends. John, you're a total rock star. Thanks so much. Um, and for those of you that want to check out the replay of this episode and previous episodes, go to salesteamrescue.com. And if you'd like to book a meeting with yours truly to see if your team is ready to you're ready to grow a sales team or even just launch a sales team. That link is also at salesteamrescue.com. Remember, catch John at level5selling.com. And we will see you next week on Sales Team Rescue. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.